Welcome to Shortcut Sunday. I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And this is your podcast for November 6th, 2022. Uh, the, let's, what is this? The 22nd Sunday after Pentecost in year C, proper 27. And celebrating All Saints Day using it, those readings. Yeah, All Saints uh, Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we are coming to you not live on behalf of Holy Family Episcopal Church in Fishers, Indiana. Bruce, how are you? I'm doing fine. Fine is fine. Fine, just fine. Um, yeah, uh, we're we're uh, we are. By the time this is coming out, we are over the Halloween hump. Uh, <laughs> I've heard it called that. The, okay. I literally just made it up. Uh, the, uh, the 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 candy profile in each household is astronomically large right, right now. Uh, uh, the sugar unless, rush hums. Unless unless uh, unless you have uh, you know chocolate and sugar OD'd uh, the night before, maybe. Uh, um, um, but fingers crossed, hopefully, that stretches you all the way into Christmas. Uh, <laughs> Where there's a whole nother chocolate event. <laughs> well, but, uh, and if you need a transition, and this is actually semi-serious, mm-hmm. uh, ma- many stores have Advent calendars, which okay. are a good way of marking Advent, and some of them have, for each day, a chocolate treat hidden behind a little... Paper door. Yeah, I do the bourbon one. <laughs> First thing in the morning, I say my prayers and get the shot of bourbon. It's the second. It's the second. <laughs> what do we have? <laughs> yeah. Okay, I just got to ask. Are there you know, like 24 good bourbon shots to be had in oh, a calendar? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, um, surprisingly, yes. Uh, okay. um, years ago, the answer, I think, would have been no. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but um, uh, a number of surprising locations have started uh, doing uh, uh, distilling techniques that like were not necessarily CBS and Walgreens. Well, <laughs> I more mean like regions. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, uh, especially bourbon, like, is is traditionally uh, Kentucky. And yeah. uh, um, I know that has spread nationwide right? yeah it really has and so over the year the, the the past few years uh you know you'll i'll go to a place and it'll be like what is it what is a utah distillery really know about bourbon desperation uh, uh which i believe they actually have to probably sell outside state lines only <laughs> because no. of their, their alcohol rules are weird um but uh i made the mistake one time Driving through Salt Lake City at rush hour, driving north south mm-hmm. from Montana to Los Angeles, and desperately needed gas, pulled off the freeway, very busy, bumper to bumper, and the first gas station had a huge lineup of cars. And then I realized the lineup of cars wasn't for the gas pumps, it was for the package store. Oh. Because the liquor stores are state-run in Utah. At least they were back way back then. And Hmm. the folks were stocking up for the weekend. (laughs) There you go. There you go. So, but, uh, but yeah. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. uh, I might open mine at night. uh, (laughs) Not in the morning. Um, uh, With compliment. Right, right, right. Yes. Yes. It's a a contemplative uh, uh, process. Uh, Yeah. uh, but uh, but yeah no uh, we're we're into we're we're definitely into the full fall swing. It's starting to feel yeah. very fall. I don't remember when the actual first day of fall is. It's kind of like super weird and late. But uh, I, I think, think we've passed, we've passed it. it yeah. I think we've passed it. Well, it certainly in fact, feels I'm that sure way. Sure we have. Okay. Yeah. 
I, I certainly feels that way. We're getting getting ready for the uh, more of the holiday feel, the holiday yeah. season. Um, the Malo Railroad shows are starting up again. That's exactly where that's I was where going. Everyone with it. waits. For <laughs> Um, so, so as we're kind of turning this corner, uh, and, and going, we're doing all saints and, and, uh, and, and everything, what, what do we have uh, coming up on the calendar that we need to draw some attention to? Well, I would like two, th- two things I definitely want to draw attention to is time change mm. heading into the sun. Everyone has a cell phone. Sunday. We don't worry about that anymore. That's true. Anyone who can listen to this podcast has a cell phone. Right. No worries. <laughs> now, whether or not you set an alarm, that's on you. Well, no, but <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> But with with this time change, it's less likely to uh, impact you negatively as far as like missing church. Uh, If anything, you will be showing up an hour earlier than you intended. Yes. Uh, um, As someone who arrives. Which you're welcome to do. Oh, yeah. Anytime. I'm usually here by about 630, 645. -hmm. But I can tell you the pancake house uh, block from here. Is open that early on a Sunday morning. There you go. So, so I'd recommend spending an hour there rather than worse. Yeah, yeah, watching me turn on the lights. Yeah, it's not it's not a bad mistake to make. You get here yep. and you're like, oh, too early. Get some pancakes. Yeah, uh, yeah, that sounds good. I like that. Yeah, I like that. Um, so time change. Mm-hmm. Also, um, this coming Sunday at seven p.m. Okay. Um, we're doing prayer at thirty three and a third. For the first time, where uh, Joel will be hosting us with inspirational, but um, sound like an old man, pop songs that are yes, giggle. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't giggling loud enough that the mic would pick it up, but um, that he he thinks and I agree would be inspiring, and he'll mm-hmm. do a guided meditation and one of his personal rules is that we have to listen to them on a turntable amplifier speaker setup. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. So uh, let me ask you a question. The name, 33 and a third. That is the speed that a full-size long-playing record rotates at. And just so that we're clear, what is a turn ta- <laughs> record turntable uh, is that like a, an eight track kind of thing or what are we doing? Oh, it's so much better. <laughs> <laughs> Just uh, for, for our millennials out there. Uh, uh, actually, a lot of millennials know what a yeah, turntable is more than it's a, a good point. eight track. Yeah, that's actually a really, really good point. Uh, all jokes aside, uh, uh, the millennials have made the, the, uh, the records kind of, uh, kind of come back. Oh, uh, truly uh, has. Yeah. I mean, when even Cracker Barrel has a record rack. Mm-hmm. You know it's mainstream now. Yeah, it's back. It's yeah. back, baby. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, 33 and a third. That's really cool. Yeah, uh, 7 p.m. Sunday. And I'll uh, repeat the first Sunday of every month with a different uh, musical program. Yeah. Oh, okay. Very cool. Very cool. Um, anything? Uh, you, those, those, those were the two. Any, any, any others that come to mind? Oh, all the fall stuff. Is this where we is this where we push uh, holyfamilyfishers.org? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll be collecting for Thanksgiving food baskets and all sorts of stuff. On and on and on. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Well, then let's move on to uh, this day in church history. This day in church history, uh, a relatively short uh, list of things, actually. Uh, so let's. Uh, they were on fall break. They were, yeah, everybody was on <laughs> fall break. Centuries. Uh, uh, our first event uh, that, that gets uh, chronicled here is uh, 1193. We see the death of Barlam, 
who had been born to wealth but gave it all away to become a hermit on the Volga River. Uh, he had gained such a following that he founded the Kutin uh, Monastery of Savior's Transfiguration. His fame increased even more after he healed a grand prince. Uh, after his death, his tomb will become a popular pilgrimage site. Where is it? The tomb? Uh, the the tomb I, doesn't say. Okay. Um, but I want to see here real quick uh, what region we're talking about. And I'm not familiar with exactly the Volga River. That sounds sounds That's like long. Is why? Yeah, I yeah. Uh, so where is um, Kutun Monastery? Uh, Okay, yeah, all of these are words that I don't know. <laughs> oh, it's just uh, 10 kilometers north uh, northeast of Vogradov. <laughs> okay, uh, Russia. It's in, it, okay, it, it is, is in Russia. North. Um, okay. I, I should have figured it out with the V in that name. Uh, um, but, uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a Russian monastery. So that Orthodox church, that Orthodox Christian church. Yeah. Um, the next one uh, is 600 and a little over 1789. Pope Pius VI confirms the election of the Right Reverend John Carroll to be the first Roman Catholic bishop in the United States, uh, specifically the Diocese of Baltimore. He will be consecrated yeah, yeah. in England in 1790, one year later, and become Archbishop in 1808. I didn't know they had an Archbishop in North America that early. Yeah, it's, that's pretty early. Yeah. yeah. Um, I should mention that we already had, I think, three bishops by that yeah, point. They're late to the party. <laughs> they yeah, are. right? Uh, but uh, they, they weren't quite sure this whole America thing was going to last. <laughs> we'll see how this works out. <laughs> They'll be crawling back to Europe. <laughs> uh, 1881, William Temple, future Archbishop of Canterbury, is christened. He will become an advocate of the common man and active in social issues. They're big time. Uh, yeah, I feel like this entry could have been a little bit longer. Uh, well, and... Yeah, it's an interesting thing that it must have been they were kind of scrounging to have his christening the feast. I mean, the, the thing of no, because he was so did so much more. There are a lot of other dates he could have been placed on. Yeah, yeah. But well, I guess not November 6th, though. So Need some um, 1905 sees the death of George Williams, the founder of the YMCA, mm -hmm. through which he had sought to give young men an alternative to, quote, the soul-destroying recreations, end quote, in London. Uh, his endeavor had spread to the whole world. Uh, I guess I didn't realize that uh, um, this was a, a London-based uh, organization originally. Yeah, um, started there. I didn't know that. I don't yeah. think I knew that. So there, there you go. Yeah, um, and despite rumors to the contrary, he did not write. The music man. No, no, he did not. <laughs> uh, 1935, we see the death of American revivalist Billy Sunday, uh, a baseball player who had become one of America's most famous evangelists. Uh, uh, and uh, uh, some interesting things could have been said about Billy Sunday in this century. They're not. Um, <laughs> uh, they leave it at that, apparently. Um, uh, they leave but, it to Wikipedia. <laughs> Yeah, I guess they do. Uh, but uh, but uh, that that does see his death. Uh, 1977, a dam burst near Tokoa Falls, Georgia, killing 38 students and instructors uh, at a local Christian college. Uh, which that doesn't say what the college is. Uh, it didn't. It it really really doesn't. Um, uh, I, I think they had a slacky editor for this date. <laughs> 
Seriously, it's it. it I feel like all these entries are like you could have, like you expand on so many other yeah. odd things. Yeah, I'm not sure. Fingernail polish color, but not right, 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 right. This college. Um, I, I want to see if uh, if if I just plop this straight into a Google search, if it comes up with a a college name. Um, oh, there you go. Uh, Tacoa Falls College. So, oh, okay. Tacoa Falls, <laughs> Tacoa Falls, Georgia, and Tacoa Falls okay. State College. Does that college still exist? Uh, boy, you're, uh, 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 what happened to Tacoa Falls Bible College? Uh, it seems as though the answer is no. Um, completely washed away. <laughs> Poor guys. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 250 people slept, uh, lived on the college, and 39 of which, uh, uh, passed away so i i think i think it was yeah, kind of uh, lost critical mass then. yeah that and 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 i'm assuming also the infrastructure yeah. infrastructure at that point in time so um so yeah well that's uh that that, that concludes this day in church history that was uh that was all all we have but uh certainly um plenty of side reading can be done on the right reverend john carroll uh william temple, william temple for sure for sure um uh, uh George Williams, that's pretty much mostly what I, I believe he was known for, was the, yeah. the founding of the the YMCA. Billy Sunday has a very interesting story, um, uh, so you can go, th go through that as well. So a little light reading for the week, if you, if you wish to, <laughs> to, to Google search it up. Um, but uh, let's move on to a little bit more ancient uh, uh, church goings-ons. Yeah. Uh, and our first reading of the day comes from the book of Job. Uh, uh, unless you're a fan of uh, Mission Impossible, in which case you call it Job. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, Job 19, <laughs> verse 23 through 27a. Or you're a third grader. Or you're a third grader. Uh, yes, because it's spelled that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and a uh, uh, short reading here. Uh, verse 23 starts, Oh, that my words were written down. Oh, that they were inscribed in a book. Oh, that with an iron pen and with lead they were engraved on a rock forever. For I know that my Redeemer lives, and that at the last he will stand upon the earth. And after my skin has thus been destroyed, then in my flesh I shall see God, whom I shall see on my side, and my eyes shall behold, and not another. Um, this is put in quotation marks, so I assume this is Job speaking. Yes, it is Job speaking. Uh, verse 19, I'm trying to place in – the book of Job is longer than I think we uh, – a lot of people uh, uh, think of because you think of the story of Job. It's not that long of a story. Well, so There's uh, lots of talking. Yeah, yeah. So there's there, – like the, the actual story part isn't – you know, would be like a chapter. Uh, and, um, yeah, two, three, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you could you kind of expand it. So I think a lot of people, uh, uh, lose track a little bit of what the rest of the, the, the full book says. So yeah. in chapter 19, we are in the, the, the post part of the story that I think we all know, if I'm not mistaken, the temptation has already happened and he hasn't, uh, hasn't given into the temptation, even though he's lost everything is that where we're at in the story pretty much okay. but we're only half we're less than halfway through the whole book right 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 42 chapters um and, and okay so now this is a series of 
dialogues between he and his supposed friends. Gotcha. Uh-huh. And the, I love the book of Job. Um, the, the friends say the usual stupid things that people say that, that they think are comforting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, sort of along the line, you know, modern version is God doesn't give you anything you can't handle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Job just bites back. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, saying, I'm innocent, dang it. Yeah. <laughs> and, it's like, and they'll say, no, nah, you can't be because this stuff's happening to you. Like, no, that's not how real life works, you idiots. <laughs> <laughs> it's wonderful stuff. Yeah. And so this is part of. Job yelling back at his buds. Okay. Okay. So that that gives us good good uh, context here because, yeah, depending on who he's talking to, it can really give you a lot of different contextual Huge. Uh, yeah. uh, ideas about what he's really trying to say. Uh, it's interesting. I, I, I note that it's interesting here, at least to me, he uses uh, uh, reference to uh, engraving with an iron pen and with lead. Um and and I kind of wanted to maybe just pause and sit for a minute on why specific things because it, he starts oh that what my words were written down that they were inscribed in a book and I'm like okay uh, like I get what you're I kind of get what yeah. you're saying you know take take note of this uh, uh, may what I say now stand forever uh, and and or be chronicled and. It, Kind of I'm implying like you can hold this against me in the future if you if you want, but I'm, yes. I'm standing firm on this. But then he takes it to the next level of like, no, 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 never mind. Not not even a book. I wish I wish I could engrave it, uh, uh, you know, and, and chisel it into mm-hmm. uh, a rock so that, it, you know, a book would wouldn't stand the test of time uh, long enough for. Right. For, for what I intend well, yeah. to and say here. What I'm going to be saying is true for all time. Right. Um, and, and, part, and part of what his friends, who really in the midst of this, of this speech by Job, it's clear Job's beginning, Job is beginning to recognize that these friends are not really on his side. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing they're arguing about is, do the wicked prosper? Okay. Because part of the friend's point is, at this point, is he must have done something wrong. Right. You had to have to done happen. something to deserve this to happen yeah. to you. Yeah. And so Job starts off, the you know, speech is much longer than the verses we have, with, uh, yeah, you know, I, what I'm going to say is you can, you know, you can write it down and prove me wrong. No, don't just write it down. Carve it in a stone. Right. And fill the inscription with lead so it lasts forever. Yeah. And try to prove me wrong. <laughs> right, right, right. Okay? You're not going to be able to. I'm a little confused by uh, the language here in verse 26. I'm wondering if it's a translation issue or if it's just an understanding issue of, of some of the language that, that gets used from this period of time. After my skin has thus been destroyed. It's very interesting that there that, that there's a, a, a difference here uh, in wording uh, like we kind of think of skin and flesh as as not the same thing, but kind of like partnered hand in hand. Yeah. Uh, so the, the verse well, usually used, it is. Yeah, skin and flesh are both used in this verse. So after my skin has thus been destroyed, then in my flesh I shall shall see God. Uh, so I it, it like the understanding still comes to the modern reader. You mean once your body is be destroyed is has been destroyed and you're dead. 
you know, I will, you'll see God after that. But it, I'm confused as to why the, the, the use of the words here. And I'm wondering if that's. It's, well, it's the use of the words here are because he is stepping into the theology of eternal life. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And at this point, it seemed nonsense to the people of God that eternal life not include a physical aspect. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, there's the, this part of me is destroyed, but my eternal self. Gotcha. Um, which we would describe differently now in our day and age, but um, that's just the, again, the, I'm really trying to prove this. Right. Sure. 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 <laughs> and I am going to stand a hundred percent behind it. Right. So, so in, in language wise, uh, life is only skin deep. And the, but the flesh is what endures forever. Yeah. And and the word for flesh is one that could be translated, but people wouldn't get it. Essence. Gotcha. uh, More soul like. Yeah, that's Greek. uh, Right, right, right. Yeah. Different influences, but like we have, I I feel like our, our modern theology is a little bit more Greek based. It is. uh, Yeah. Because of Paul. So, um, uh, so yeah. soul is more like what we would equate it to. Uh, Probably, yeah. I just love this passage. It is. I can just picture Joe jabbing his finger towards his friend. Right. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and then and then he follows that up with uh, "Whom I shall see on my side." You'll see. God's on my side. Uh, uh, when we're, when, <laughs> I, yeah, I can see, I can see it too, pointing at his friends. When we're all dead and gone, you, then you'll see whose side I'm, is on is with me. Yeah. Uh, so you, you say what you want to now, but you know, when it really matters, guess I who? Win. Yeah, guess who you're going to be staring at the other on the other side yeah. of this argument. <laughs> God will be on my side. Um, for, for, for full transparency, just so you know. Um, that that phrase, then in my flesh I shall see God. Translators have struggled with ever since I can we understand started translating why. it. So, um, yeah. it's at, in the in the New Revised Standards. Then in my flesh I'll, I shall see God. Mm-hmm. It um, could be then without my flesh I shall shall see God. And then there, uh, then the whole thing is eh, we we really don't know, right? <laughs> Well, especially when you're taking, yeah, you're taking an, an older language uh, from a different theology than our modern surviving theology and trying to and, translate one to one. And it just doesn't Yeah, the theology, really I'm purposely using this term, the theology is just beginning to bloom. Yeah. And so we can't see the deep fruit of what they're getting at. But I don't think they could either. Yeah. So they probably were using a term that to them is like, oh, oh, oh yeah, that okay. That's what they're getting at. And we're mm-hmm. like, we have no idea what you're saying. <laughs> right. Uh, anything else uh, about this passage before we move on? Um, we use it We use it as the opening um, poem of funerals. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the Book of Common Prayer has a different wording than the New Revised Standard in mm-hmm. a couple places. But... Um, yeah, it's a we we do feel it's part of the 
foundation of our theology shared with Judaism regarding eternal life. Mm, Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. most Jews do believe in eternal life. I'm just I'm just now realizing though that 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 we're, we're putting uh, Job's uh, um, like uh, you know when I'm dead and gone all you know to to all my friends then you'll see language. Yeah. And in other people's funerals. <laughs> yeah, so every funeral in the Episcopal Church, it, it sounds very, um, and actually now I think Church of England and stuff, I'm thinking, I'm pretty sure this started Queen Elizabeth's funeral mm-hmm. or close to it. Um, but yeah, they're going, neater, neater, neater. <laughs> the deceased is. Yeah, now that I've taken this step, I'll see you on the other side. Yeah. And don't forget who's going to win this argument. That's right. <laughs> Interesting, interesting. Well, let's. Well, uh, that's going to change the way I start funeral. <laughs> no, but you might think about it. I will. I'm going to make sure it's in mine. <laughs> good, 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 good. Well, let's. Uh, let's footnote to this. <laughs> let's move on to our psalm reading for the day. Psalm 17, uh, chapter 17, verses 1 through 9, and it reads this way: Hear a just cause, O Lord. Attend to my cry, give ear to my prayer from lips free of deceit. From you, let my vindication come. Let your eyes see the right. If you try my heart, if you visit me by night, if you test me, you will find no wickedness in me. My mouth does not transgress. As for what others do, by the word of your lips, I have avoided the ways of the violent. My steps have held fast to your paths. My feet have not slipped. I call upon you, for you will answer me, O God. Incline your ear to me, hear my words. Wondrously show your steadfast love, O Savior of those who seek refuge from their adversaries at your right hand. Guard me as the apple of the eye. Hide me in the shadow of your wings from the wicked who despoil me, my deadly enemies who surround me. Um, What do we know about Psalm 17. Well, it's um, very individually oriented. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's so it's not one that's clearly a communal um, hymn. Uh-huh. Um, though it w- would have been said in unison in the synagogue and stuff, but wasn't composed for a religious occasion of corporate worship like many of the psalms were okay um it's very it's basically a lament psalm okay where it, it, it's it's complaining a lot uh, <laughs> okay but we of course skip uh, or stop before we get to the complaining the real <laughs> deep complaining um though it um you know, verse nine, the last one we have, mm-hmm. it's asking to be guarded from the wicked who despoil me, my deadly enemies who surround me. Right. So we get it. We get a taste. Yeah, we get a. You get a little taste. I I, I looked it up because uh, uh, I do find myself asking this kind of question all the time, uh, and and even though I pulled up an NIV version uh, in in my haste, uh, I can see here. Uh, he does kind of go on a little bit of a side rant of like, let me tell you about these mortal enemies of mine. Right. <laughs> Callous hearts. And... <laughs> well, and that's why it connects with Job. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I was I was reading that uh, and very much um, being able to see, um, uh, especially here, like in in verses in, in verse uh, three. If you try my heart, if you visit me by night, if you test me, you will find no wickedness in me. Like this, yeah, makes you almost wonder. Like times like this where you pair readings, it makes you almost wonder if the original uh, uh, author of this psalm might have even had the story of Job in their heart as they were writing right. it. Because you read it and you're like, yeah, are you, are you sure this isn't? Like, <laughs> like this is, this is, this is, feels, feels a lot like it would be Job. Though it, it's also possible the other way around. Mm. Because we, we don't, we can't figure out what era this psalm comes from. Okay. So it could be one that the author of Job was well aware of. Yeah, I suppose we didn't go into that aspect yeah. of uh, the author of Job, uh, uh, Im implying that the, uh, or I, I guess, or I'm insinuating uh, that uh, there's there's some. We're not entirely sure Job was a real person. That's what I was. Well, thinking. yeah, yeah, it could be a series of metaphors, right? Um, but the truth is still there. Yeah, I mean, in terms of what is being taught through the book of Job. Right. 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 So yeah, I guess we didn't quite mention that when we were yeah, talking about it. I, I think scene. we've mentioned it before when we had Job readings yeah. uh um uh that that's you know certain things can be born out of the, an oral tradition uh, as it, uh, that lends itself to stories like this quite a lot. Oh, uh, yeah. uh for sure. And uh I um, mean it okay, this may, I don't want to be sound like I'm being disrespectful. But no, that's my job. That, that's why I'm trying not to sound that. <laughs> oh, way. what do you want me to say then? <laughs> <laughs> it's like how a fairy tale mm. often tells a deep truth about the human condition. Right, right, right. No, that's absolutely right. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah these are these are ancient fairy tales in in in, in some respects. It, yeah. it, it, some some of them are you know have historical groundings for sure. Uh, but uh, things like the Book of Job, which are deeply theological theological goodness, yeah, I can't even say it. practically yeah. um uh it's not really trying to tell you a history yeah uh it's really trying to tell you a, a, a theological point of view about the human condition i think and 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 that's its job that's the mm -hmm. point it's not it whether it's real whether it's not real is almost irrelevant uh, uh yeah and the way job is written is it it sets it sets its events in a time clearly older than the writing. Yeah. So mm -hmm. it's like, you know, it is almost like a once upon a time or long, long ago, you know, galaxy far, far away. <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, our modern fairy tales. Um, but again, without <clears throat> any sense of that makes it any less true theologically or important to the formation of God's faithful people. Yeah. Um, uh, going back to this Psalm reading though, um, uh, this, uh, uh I, I find it interesting that the author is talking about, um, uh, being tried, but also, uh, in verse six here, I call upon you for you will answer me. O God, incline your ear to me, hear my words. Um, in, in, in our, more modern uh relationship with god um call 
it would be. I, by the way, I harumphed. Oh, a harumph. A harumph, because if there, I would argue we are actually in a more primitive relationship with God than this psalmist or Job was. I was actually going to kind of point that out. Oh, okay. Uh, in, I in, a, in a way, like for we stealing thunder. No, 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 no. Uh, uh, because uh, the the word call. Uh, is kind of in a way very foreign to it. That's not how our relationship with God works. Like we pray to God. Yeah. Uh, and it does, this does show kind of a much more direct connected relationship than I think that we're generally comfortable with. Right. Like, hey, God. <laughs> like, oh, Lord in heaven, uh, I would never, you know, Let I would clutch my pearls. I would never, uh, you know, deign to demand the attention of my Lord. Um, but that, that this really does, uh, uh, you know, invite kind of like the sense of familiarity. Incline your ear to very me. much so. Yeah, come listen to what I have to say, please. Yeah, uh, uh, which is uh, not how our our, our we we currently seem to operate uh, and i'm not sure if that's you know our uh, uh <laughs> what portion of our historical background has pushed us uh, into where we are now well um well yeah <laughs> let me thing, tell you <laughs> let me tell you one of the worst things that happened to christianity was being legalized by the roman empire Mm. Because it shifted into um, a royal hierarchical relationship, many of the metaphors of that of Christianity and Judaism, mm. that mm -hmm. Christianity and Jesus. So suddenly there is a huge pressure to make sure we interpreted things as always, always supporting allegiance to the royalty gotcha um and so the the passages of familial familiar familiarity mm -hmm. um have been downplayed or even ignored since you know the th late 300s mm. uh, because that did not serve the purposes of the powerful right 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 so and that's one reason why uh, particularly beginning in the 20th century, many, many Christian scholars turned to Jude Judaic commentaries mm -hmm. because you know, the, the Jewish perspective was, hey, they hate us already. Why should we do, you know, why should we be a mouthpiece for the king? Gotcha. We're yeah. going to stay faithful to what how we've been interpreting this for thousands of years already. Mm -hmm. um, and But Christianity has most through most of its history has wanted to be respected and have a place at the table with the powerful. Gotcha. So yeah, this, this image of from the Psalm of someone demanding something of God is like, no, we don't want those serfs trying to do this to us. I gotcha. Yeah. So yeah. Let's not look at this psalm too often. <laughs> right, right, right. At best, and sometimes they completely have um, changed the translations. Right, 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 right. And, and which is a very powerful, very subtle tool to yeah. 
to kind of carve, you know, help help carve the path that you want it to, to carve. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because if you read the way that that you know that these relationships are are discussed, um, you really could you 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 know you could insert say your best friend, mm-hmm. uh, and that's the and point, it, and it would make sense. Like, yeah. oh no, I called on Dave. Like yeah. that was. You know, he's always there for me. You know, he I I t- told him what was going on, and he yeah. listened. And and both in the Joe passage and this passage, there's a, a a connection with legal proceedings in the Jewish times and systems, mm-hmm. where God is not the ultimate judge, but rather your own attorney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a little bit of that that Paul will talk about in Paul's writings in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. But it, but ultimately, it's Jesus is the attorney and God's the ultimate judge. Right. Which in Judaism, they're not really not interested in the ultimate judge stuff so much. Yeah, which is kind. Of, uh, it, it it is interesting uh, on this on this slight detour that I'll allow myself. Uh, uh, the it really does. Uh, Paul really does kind of actually help, you know, buttress up and form uh, that kind of yeah. mentality. Like, oh, well, you know, Slaves, Christ obey your master. Right, Christ. Christ has to, you know, find some sort of elevated position here. Yeah. So, uh, but but you know, he does. Paul really does reinforce this hierarchical mm-hmm. mentality. Uh, that in a way kind of serves the same like same yeah. same kind of purpose that the Romans uh, you were you were just yep. discussing, um, yep. very much. So. And 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 yeah, that's I don't I don't know as if I don't know as if uh, when you read the things in the Gospels that Jesus is all about, I'm not entirely sure Jesus would be happy with being with Paul. Yeah, with yeah. Paul, I'm not yeah. entirely sure Jesus would be like, hey, uh, ex ne on the. Yeah. <laughs> you know, arbiter a (laughs) thing. That's not how this works. Like this is. Yeah. One of the common um, jokes among biblical jokes is too strong a word, but yeah. Biblical scholars aren't, don't have jokes. They're, they're very dry people. (laughs) Uh, But is, you know, Jesus in heaven saying, Hey, I'm the guy in the gospels. Why are you, Listening to the guy with the letters. <laughs> yeah. Why does that dude overcome the teachings of the son of God? Right. Exactly. Exactly. But that particularly um, post-Reformation on the <clears throat> Protestant side, many, many of the conservative, what are now conservative Protestant churches did not believe the teachings of, did not trust, that's a better way, did not trust the teachings of the Gospels, mm. but did the teachings of Paul because they fit in more with their worldview of a hierarchical universe yep. with particularly landed males having the most power. Yeah. And yeah. everyone has to obey them. Right, exactly. And it, it, it is interesting that, you know, and we've, we've kind of uh, touched on this subject time and time and time again, uh, especially when we go to the Gospel readings, of... Jesus combating this idea of the savior, you know, the Messiah coming in and establishing a kingdom. Right. And like, and so the long story uh, over gospels and the new Testament stuff is like, you know, Jesus comes or that's not how this is going to work. Right. It's different than what you're talking about. 
it's not how it's gonna work. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. What? Can I be yeah, on yeah, your yeah. left hand? <laughs> right, right, right. I get it. I get it. I get it. And then as soon as he's gone, you're like, so like Jesus is like up here, and then God is up here. It's kind of like a kingdom, and maybe we try to establish a kingdom. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Son of a gun! They're like what? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it just happens in so many different ways. And what I'm just flashing on is the, I think it's three different attempts in New Harmony, Indiana to establish a utopian commune based on Christianity. Yeah. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. And each time they failed because of a hierarchical failure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and to take, to take, a um, my 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 thought process about uh, Christ being frustrated with us after he's after mm -hmm. he's ascended uh, a little further. If you, it, it, you we can have the whole debate as to uh, uh, you know the thought process as whether or not he shared you know knowledge and omnipotence uh, of God or if he's a separate you know different version of God. Depending on how you view the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Uh, three and uh, one, one and three. Yeah, yeah. Whether 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 or not, uh, uh, depending on how you uh, how, how you uh, tackle that concept, uh, if Jesus knew that they weren't going to listen, <laughs> it does got to make you wonder how those well, words come out of his mouth in reality, as opposed to how they're written down. Is like pinching the nose and going, "Well, you're not going to listen to me anyways," but. Maybe someday someone will. <laughs> well, yeah, and that's. What, I know you're not gonna. This isn't gonna get through that thick skull of yours, but I'm gonna say it anyway. One of the ongoing cultural challenges within the Episcopal Church, to call out my own tradition, mm -hmm. is a fixation on the early church beliefs and practices versus the modern demands on everyday Christians. Mm -hmm. So. When we, well, it's not going to make a long story too short. So when we <laughs> revised the Episcopal prayer book in the 1960s, finishing that work in the mid 70s, mm -hmm. the sort of closure of an argument was, well, this is how the church worshipped in the year 255. We know this from this document. And people, oh, well, okay, that wins. Mm -hmm. um, but other. Basically, most Christian traditions, either consciously or unintentionally, pick the golden time of Christian history or Jewish history mm -hmm. and say, that's what we want to be, mm. rather than listening to the ongoing lively revelation of God to the human race today and saying, we ought to be faithful to whatever crazy thing God wants us to do. Right, right, and, and I, I kind of get the vibe uh, that the 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 struggle is 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 more of a strive. You're you're yeah. striving for the thing not yet achieved. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. So we got to stop looking at the what we pattern it after, and more of a the 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 future, the reach, yeah. uh, the reaching concept. And going back to this psalm. One of the interesting things about it is that it's a song of lament, but breaks many of the rules of a lament song. Okay. So within this psalm, which is a you know, it's a very old psalm, we know that much. Um, the the rules aren't followed in order to communicate the truth of God that the author is experiencing. Mm. So that can be a mini lesson to us. 
about how it is we are called to be faithful, just mm. like what you were saying. Uh, anything else about the psalm reading? I, I know we got a little sidetracked there. But wasn't it fun? It was fun. Um, it, it's a very vivid psalm. Apple of the eye uh, refuel, refuel, refers to the pupil. Okay. That's just a, your fun fact for the day. Yeah, uh, <laughs> a phrase we still use. And oh, yeah. the, I don't know is that how many people know think of what it, it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, the apple of your eye. Like, yeah, that's a weird phrase. Yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and uh, does and the word uh, apple just originates from the kind of a word for just fruit, right? Yeah. Uh, which is the reason why our, you know, it doesn't matter that our pupil is is not apple shaped. Right. Uh, 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 but yeah, a apple means like a, a fruit giving tree, fruit giving tree or, but yeah, but yeah. Well, apple was the English word for any kind of fruit. Yeah. Um, when English first developed, which wasn't that long ago, that's the, and the, the echo we have of that is a pineapple mm -hmm. because it's a fruit that looks like a pine cone. Right. It's not that it's a pine cone that looks like an apple. Right. We didn't crossbreed <laughs> right. uh, an apple with something else. Um, not like that grapple abomination <laughs> uh, that we have these days. <laughs> you ever have one of those? A grape apple? It's is, is that the one where they inject the grape juice into the apple? I was thinking that it was a it was actually a crossbreed of sorts uh, that okay. gave it a more of a grape flavor. I don't think it's necessarily a crossbreed with grapes because that doesn't work. Because there was um, an apple many years ago that Kathy and I tried. Um, I remember it was from Trader Joe's, and I was like, "Wow, this is a really good apple." And then we looked at the packaging. It was like. Oh, it's not at all natural. <laughs> Naturally occurring <laughs> because they injected flavors into right. a apple. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yep. I could be wrong on that. I think it I, I think it is a crossbreed uh, uh, uh grapple facts that we need to uh, we'll see how many to... people have already googled it. <laughs> Feel Boy, free to send us an email totally on the history of the grapple. <laughs> Uh, so that we can know. Um, uh, shortcut at hfec.org, uh, history of the grapple. Yeah. Uh, that's what we're looking for uh, between next, this week and next. Uh, well, let's move on to our gospel reading. Oh, uh, and incidentally, that term, now you got me curious, mm -hmm. um, does not occur too often. Grapple? <laughs> <laughs> apple, apple of my eye? Apple. A a oh, okay, yeah. Um, it only occurs three times. In oh. the Hebrew scripture. So it's not completely sure what it means. And there's a possibility. I want to make sure I get this right. It could ref, ref, refer to the middle of the night. As in the darkest time. Hmm. So it, it shifts then to you're protecting me even in the most dangerous times. Guard me as. In, in, guard me in the middle of the night. And guard yeah. me in the. Which. You know. Makes sense because just before that is being under the shadow of your wings. Right, right, right. Which would also have a certain darkness to it. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, Luke chapter Luke. 20, verse 27 through 38. We don't have many more weeks of Luke. So I think every time I'll try to quote Darth Vader by going, Luke. <laughs> Luke. Um, some Sadducees, let me ignore that call that's coming, and some Sadducees, those who say there is no resurrection, came to him and asked him a question. 
Teacher, Moses wrote for us that if a man's brother dies, leaving a wife but no children, the man shall marry the widow and raise up children for his brother. Now there were seven brothers, the first married and died childless, then the second and the third married her. And so in the same way, all seven died childless. Finally, the woman also died. In the resurrection, therefore, whose wife will the woman be? For the seven had married her. Jesus said to them, Those who belong to this age marry and are given in marriage, but those who are considered worthy of a place in that age and in the resurrection from the dead neither marry nor are given in marriage. Indeed, they cannot die any more, because they are like angels and are children of God, being children of the resurrection. And the fact that the dead are raised... The fact that the dead are raised, Moses himself showed in the story about the bush, where he speaks of the Lord as the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Now he is the God not of the dead, but of the living. For to him, all of them are alive. Um, Jesus has far more patience than I would have. <laughs> this would have been Goes a... Goes without saying. This would have been a very... Like, you know, verse... 27 through 33 would have been the same. And then verse 34 would have been, uh, what a stupid question <laughs> that you just wasted your breath on. Um, Going back to your earlier point. <laughs> right. Uh, is, 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 in the gospel readings, we have a, a lot of these questions that are challenges and tests of yeah. Jesus. Is this yet another one or is this just pure human stupidity? Oh, it's another one. Okay. Um, um, yeah, because this whole thing about the Sadducees don't believe in the resurrection. Mm. Um, they were a small group with in Judaism at that time, no longer exists, and they basically said, "Well, because nothing about eternal life exists." in the Torah, the first five books of the Hebrew scriptures of the Bible, we cannot believe in it because mm. life is going nuts. And therefore we have to be very careful about what we're believing in and have to um, ferret out any human constructs or interpretations. Okay. In other words, they were the fundamentalists. Okay. Gotcha. So, Part of what Jesus is doing here is um, basically telling them the uh, mm -hmm. um, and instead proving to them on their own terms that, as in the Torah, that God did create eternal life. In that part about um, in verse 37, the fact that the dead are raised, Moses himself showed, Moses being the primary character, primary prophet in the Torah. Mm -hmm. um, in the story about the bush where he speaks of the Lord as the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. So, and then Jesus goes with his proof. Now he is the God not of the dead, but of the living. For to him, all of them are alive. Mm. So this is quite a put down argument 
on the side of Jesus. Yeah, walk us through this this uh, thought process here because uh, I think it's easy to overlook uh, Jesus's point on this. When you think about the story of the bush uh, and Moses, I'm like, wait, you mean the burning bush? I don't yeah. remember yeah. anyone being raised from the dead or uh anything in that story what is jesus talking about here like like help 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 us follow the logic here when moses asks the burning bush uh-huh. who who should i say you are because at this point the jewish people have in a sense lost all memory mm-hmm. of active faith in God. Gotcha. They've, been, they've been enslaved in Egypt and so were banned from uh, practicing their religion. Um, we, Our presumption is, and I'll, I'll purposely phrase it this way, the grandmothers kept it alive mm-hmm. you know, and whispered it in the ears of the male and female children to pass it along, mm-hmm. since that's often how... Um, faith gets tran- transferred from generation to generation in times of oppression is through the women. Um, so when Moses says, who should I tell people who you are? Um, God first says, I am mm-hmm. the verb. And to, sh- to show, A, you don't get to know my name. Right. And B, that God is the, animating force of all life mm-hmm. and then goes on to say i am um the god of abraham the god of isaac and the god of jacob mm-hmm. so then that does give a historic handle for moses and his people to go oh that guy yeah now we remember right so what does that have to do with being raising of the dead so what Jesus then says is God would not have said it in that way if these guys were dead and dust. Gotcha. Um, That instead, um, now I just want to make sure I, yeah, that he uses, and Jesus uses a present tense Mm. quoting that scripture. I am the God of, that mm-hmm. instead of, I was the God of these gotcha. guys. Gotcha. And I, you know, I'm God to you, Moses, for around 20, 30, 40 more years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I won't be because you'll be dead. <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, yeah, so it's, it's to us, probably a bit of a, a rhetorical argument. Mm-hmm. But this was a primary problem for the Sadducees. Mm-hmm. Was how do we deal with the concept of eternal life? That's all the rage that the Pharisees, the zealots, the everyday people in the synagogues who don't have an affiliation with any particular group, they all believe it. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do we say they shouldn't oh we say it because moses never talked about it but here's moses talking about it right yeah um okay so so and and contextually uh book of luke we have the resurrection of uh um 
uh, wow, my brain went completely blank. Were you trying to say Lazarus? Lazarus, thank no, you. Don't. No, it's not in Luke. No, you've you've twice now tried to give some, Luke. Uh, it's, it's John. It's John. Gotcha. Um, so then we don't have a resurrection story other than Christ. We have a right. we have a parable. Oh, we have well, there are various people he heals who are mm. dead. That's oh yeah yeah that's right like that's the right. Centurion's okay. daughter and uh-huh. um and part of that is to show the way that Luke presents it presents Jesus' ability to resuscitate people is it's not just for the Jewish people it's for all humanity mm-hmm. even the crustiest worse Romans mm-hmm. like soldiers. Mm-hmm. So essentially what we have here in this story is the Sadducees um, are, are, is their test in, in verse 27, we, we start off with the author Luke giving us some background information yeah. for this conversation. Right. Uh, Sadducees came to him and asked him a question, by the way, they were saying they don't believe in a resurrection. Like that's yeah. what Luke basically does. Is this hypothetical question that they create about Resurrection? Yeah. Okay. How so? Well, it's the social welfare directive was in order to take care of widows, if a man dies without having given children mm-hmm. to his widow, then a brother has to marry that woman and take care of her. Gotcha. And so this is a nonsense test of mm-hmm. Jesus. But if you take the scriptures literally, mm-hmm. it it does make sense that they would ha- have this big problem with, well, you know, she ends up marrying all these guys who are dead. And so when they all come back to life, who's the husband? Right. How is there a monogamous marriage coming out of this? Gotcha. And so Jesus responds, well, come on, this is baloney. Right. Uh <laughs> There's no marriage in the resurrection. Yeah. <laughs> You're married to God. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Um, um, but yeah, so, so so the Sadducees ask a question and Jesus goes, uh-huh, uh-huh. Dumb question. Here's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's, dumb question. Let's talk about uh, 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 the fact that the resurrection is a real thing uh, and your snarky little question uh, uh, is not disproven. Right. Yeah. Yeah, um, and we still ha- we still have arguments like oh yeah, n- not just about this topic, but arguments like this like oh, okay, well if you believe in this, then yeah. what happens when what? Exactly. Like that's not. Uh... Yeah. People are going to start marrying their pets. Right. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Not the same thing. Exactly right. So. Um, uh, we, we, we see this kind of play out uh, in our day-to-day lives quite, yeah, a, quite I, often. In fact, I think this is this event, which occurs in all three Gospels. Oh, okay. All, I mean, all three synoptic Gospels. Gotcha. Mark, Matthew, and Luke. So it's um, almost certainly actually occurred. I think it's easier for us to understand today in the midst of social media snarkiness mm-hmm. than it was when I was a kid. Where it's like, well, who would talk that way to someone like Jesus? It's like, and nowadays it's like, well, yeah, people talk that way to the president. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, uh, 
Let, let's also uh, you, you mentioned synoptic gospels. Let's yeah. let's identify the real quick just for full context the difference. What's what what does synoptic mean? Crud. <laughs> <laughs> I just blanked on that. So I'll I'll say other stuff. <laughs> okay. Okay. The synoptic gospels are Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Um, John seems to have a connection with Mark, but it's not as clear. But Matthew, Mark, and Luke share very large quantities of text, mm-hmm. um, much of it word for word. So there's um, an understanding that Mark was the oldest gospel, and Matthew and Luke had some kind of copy of Mark in front of them as they wrote their gospels and had another source um, called Q because of a German word uh, that Matthew and Luke shared, which overlap almost word for word in those two. Mm, Okay. And then um, Matthew and Luke each have some unique sections that, in Luke, we've been covering over the last few weeks, but mm-hmm. not here. Uh, is there a term for what John would be? The, so there, you have a, three synoptic gospels and then just John. The Johannine materials. Oh, okay, okay. Because also the there's the um, letters of John, which gotcha. um, have a close connection with the gospel of John, maybe not the same authorship, does mm-hmm. not include the book of Revelation, even though that's identified, the author internally of it is identified as John. It's not the same John. Gotcha. Uh, I looked it up to, to, to help you. out to help Thank out you. here. Uh, uh, synoptic, it comes from uh, via Latin, from the Greek, so, which is for synopsis. Uh, okay. So it's, so it is a, a uh, include inclusion of many of the same stories and uh, some often in similar sequence uh, uh, with differences. Uh, but John's is largely different uh, um, yeah. with different events and dialogues. Um, so, yeah. And so, it's fascinating to compare the four gospels mm-hmm. regarding any given passage um, because sometimes John will have the same meaning, but presents it with a completely different story or monologue by Jesus. Right. Right. And, and, and John has more, the author of John has more of a motivation for uh, has, has a decent amount of motivation for a different approach yeah. to the story as well. Uh, uh, trying to find a, version of the gospel writings that can make sense to his audience make sense to his audience and not maybe not get them in trouble for yeah, during a period of time where they're with the romans with yeah. the romans uh so so it can influence yeah. whereas points the of view fairly synoptic heavily. gospels were still kind of flying under the radar right right the romans. right yeah free and burden uh, unburdened yeah. uh, in that in that regard so they didn't have to use code language and stuff like that exactly um anything else about the gospel um, reading here i as we said before we started recording i think this is a really good gospel to talk about all saints day mm-hmm. so it's a it's part of the lectionary um but we're celebrating all saints day so i decided to let's stick with these readings that really have a lot to do with resurrection yeah yeah um, yeah, yeah. To be able to focus Life on after. this coming sunday uh uh the the god of abraham the god of isaac and the god of jacob is is and will continue to be the god of everyone's name that we will read off on um Ooh, that's good uh, on on all saints yeah, yeah. so yeah uh, uh 
still alive and well mm-hmm. and 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 uh uh and, and we're the apple of his eye apple of, <laughs> there you go there you go <laughs> uh well with that i think we'll call to a close this year podcast for november 6 2022 the 22nd sunday after pentecost in year c uh as always we encourage you to come and join us in worship any way that it uh, works for you and your household uh eight and ten o'clock on sunday it live and in person nine o'clock uh, uh hour uh, in between it, for, for educational hour for all uh, ages, uh, uh, young and old alike. And then the 10 o'clock service is uh, broadcast live on our YouTube channel, HFEC videos. Um, and feel free to reach out to us uh, at any point in time at shortcut at HFEC.org. And, and you can only enjoy the playground in person. That is true. It's a wonderful playground. It is. It is. Lasted a, a couple weeks ago. It, yeah, it is. It, it it can be enjoyed. Uh, uh, I've even seen a few adults maybe enjoy it a little bit with their kiddos. It's um, uh, institutional strength. So yeah, yes, that's it, quite possible. Exactly true. Safely. Uh, so we look forward to worshiping with you on Sunday. And until next week, I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye.